time, the whole thing was shadowing us, right behind us, right on the side of us. You could, you could kind of see the thing moving through the woods. Uh, all I can remember is flipping the light on, and I see this creature, and I knew, I knew in my heart, I knew in my mind, the whole time, that this isn't real. And then this thing walks across the road, takes a turn towards us, and then leaps over a guardrail. Went to look forward, and there was a big black thing. Squatch DTV. Exploring the Bigfoot mystery each week with your hosts, veteran researcher, author, and TV personality, the Squatch Detective, Steve Culls, and from the Bigfoot Research Project of Kentucky, Chris Bennett. Sit back and buckle up as we bring you guests from around North America discussing the Bigfoot phenomena, but not without a few laughs, too. Here are your hosts, Steve and Chris. And good evening, cyberspace. Welcome to Squatch D TV for today's date, December 27th, 2020. I'm your host, your guide, the Squatch Detective Steve Coles, with that guy down there, Mr. Chris Bennett. Hello, Chris. Steve, man, here we are. We're... Coming, heading close to the end of 2020. Thank yes, goodness. Yes, sir. <laughs> Hope you had a good Christmas oh, and everything's yes. going well Merry for Merry Christmas, you. everybody. Yeah. Happy New Year. Yeah. Happy Hanukkah. Merry Kwanzaa. All that good All stuff. All that good stuff. And, uh, you know, I, I want to thank StreamYard for the new addition to the uh, video board, which made the playing of the intros and the outros really smooth now. Yeah. So I don't have to click anything but one button and off we go so um and we like the little 30 second thing so actually it's two buttons but i digress well well two buttons from 50 buttons is better you know yes i agree saves on the finger clicking yep they have uh, this neat new echo cancellation so we don't have to mute the soundboard anymore and uh 
So let's start saying hello to the folks. I Now I have yeah. to go click into the comments to put everybody up uh -oh. there. And uh, hello, Quick Witty. Good to see you. Quick Witty, welcome. Ta Tack is in there. Hello, Mike. Big Mike. Tack. Aaron, good to see you, my brother. Aaron. We got Val. Val, good to see you. Welcome, Val. Diane, how are you? Hi, uh, Diane. Hope oh, I know Jimmy will be chiming in soon. John, good to see you, brother. Welcome, John. Mike, again, he's over on Facebook, too. He's checking Mike. out both feeds. Yeah. Uh, did I get Quick to analyze that? Yeah. Oh, geez. Well, we'll, we'll get to that in a minute. Uh, hello, Pat. Good to see Hi, you. And my buddy, Austin, what's up, my brother? So <laughs> Maggie James, I love that photo. And hello to Mike. And Mike. So everybody, everybody's filing in. The usuals are filing yeah. in, wrangling up. So what? Uh, up and oh let's not forget suzanne hello suzanne happy new suzanne. year welcome so quick witty this is what happened um the reason why we haven't had a show in a couple of weeks is well yeah, not only did chris have some stuff to handle but my uh my uh, herniated discs i have three herniated discs in my back and I'm, I'm kind of going public with it now because i was trying to hide out hoping it would go away quickly and in actuality, today it's probably the best it's felt in a while. So that's that's number one. That that's number one. So perhaps they're getting back in line, and I really hope so because it's really a pain when you know you can't bend over to tie your shoe because mine is the last cervical and the first two thoracic. So what does it affect? My left shoulder, and I'm left-handed, so it's been uh, pretty rough. So uh, you know. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, it was actually feeling okay, and I was so exhausted because I was only getting like, you know, three and four hours of solid sleep a night. Like, I may fall asleep, and then when I wake up after three hours, I'm in extreme excruciating pain because everything is stiffened up, and, uh, you know, I was on the couch about five o'clock that, uh, that Sunday, and it wasn't bothering me, and I'm like, I just need to sleep, and that's what I did, <laughs> so... Uh, you know, I apologize. Uh, that was kind of a last uh, sort of thing. But, hey, uh, feeling much better today. And uh, with the oncoming new year, I, I'm, you know, we're going to look at some treatment options. Jimmy. Jimmy and Charlie. Charlie Wonton, yep. <laughs> Waiting for 2020 to go back to Wuhan. <laughs> Ain't that uh, the truth. I, I don't think anybody's going to miss 2020. Uh-uh. So... And another thing, too, is my hectic work schedule is a little less hectic now. So, because uh, the Christmas season's over. Um, but anyway, uh, some some big news uh, over the last uh, week. Uh, we are now going to be replaying on Pandora podcast as well. So, if you look up at the board, if anybody is a podcast, likes listening to podcasts in their car or something, you can't catch the entire show, this is a perfect way to um you know listen to the show oh yeah and uh you know if you want if you miss part of it you can always download it and listen to it uh, the remainder and tonight's gonna be one of those nights where we don't have very much video to show or anything really graphic um um so uh just uh everybody hold tight uh we will we will uh we will have some fun now um uh, before we get to um, our uh, tonight's going to be kind of a free for all show. So anybody in the chat room wants to ask a question or anything, 
yeah. we, we we just throw it out there. We will answer it to the best of our ability. Um, not a lot of Bigfoot stuff happened in 2020. Nothing amazing and new. I mean, there's uh, yeah. there's some claims out. There's a Facebook yeah. group, uh, and I can't think of the name of this guy, but he claims to have uh, DNA evidence of the skunk ape. And uh, the claim is that it's a, a mixture of human DNA and uh, some sort of cross of the Billy ape. And, uh, but, you know, hey, this guy also, you know, as a, as a disclaimer, also has, uh, you can go out on a Sasquatch expedition with him for his, a fee. His name, his name is not Dave, is it? Uh, you know, Dave, I mean, you know, Steve, I'm not sure, but I think that's, that sounds right. Dave Shealy? Uh, this is like in coming and going. Yeah, uh, yeah, and, Dave. Uh, Dave, uh, yeah, yeah, he's got kind of a uh, sordid past. It's it's that. my thoughts that if DNA became available and it was actual something really there, uh, we'd probably hear about it on CNN. Right. And, <laughs> and it sounds kind of far fetched. Now we got human and Billy Ape. That's, yeah, that that seems kind of odd too. Those are not uh, compatible of uh, species, right? You exactly. Know? Um, very, very kind of perverse, almost. <laughs> if you think about it. Um. Mm. So anyway, uh, a, a lot uh, has gone on this last year, which, uh, sighting wise, really not not that great. But not much. We we you know um you know uh, quickly. Uh, made a comment about a post of how to how to hunt creepy pajama post. I have not seen uh, that. No, uh, I'm, I'm I'm I kind of avoid that because um, if there was a top hoaxer of the year, I'm gonna get right to the meat of it. If there was a top, I was thinking about this today. Who would be the biggest hoaxer of the year? Well, Todd Standing's movie came out last year in 2019, the end of 2019. So that doesn't really count. Yeah. But the guy who's been putting up other people's pictures, including Mark Anders, who's a hoaxer to begin with, and a satirist, um, uh, you know, he is probably the hoaxer of the year because he's always posting these pictures of other people's stuff and, you know, almost kind of alluding that they're his. So, yeah. um, you know, not a big, big buyer into that. He's also a buyer into the... Uh, to the up, uh, oh, Rick Bell jumped in, said, "Ho, ho, ho!" Just wanted to go. I, I gotta go. Just wanted to say, "Hey, hey, y'all!" Uh, Hello, welcome, Rick. Rick. So, um, yeah, you know, to me, uh, and, and and he's you know getting momentum uh, from his hunter channel. So, well, uh, yeah, that's the thing. Uh, sometimes I check uh, on the YouTube, and I'm not a subscriber, but his, but. Uh, when I'm checking on YouTube page, it, it usually gives me the stuff about Bigfoot feeds and stuff, stuff that I normally look at while I'm on there. Yeah. And uh, his will pop up a lot, yeah. and it's because he like uh, he promotes his. Uh, I don't know what he's spending to promote stuff, but it must be a lot. Yeah. But uh, you know, if I interview the first question is, well, do you actually do Bigfoot research? Because I've never seen you out in the field doing Bigfoot research, but you seem to talk a good game about it. You know, yeah. um, you know, it's just it's just really weird with that. So, enough of the negative. Let's yeah, we don't we don't want any negatives. Twenty twenty has been full of that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, 
you know, in, in what it's done is it has had this horrible effect of, yeah. uh, you know, there's been no shows this year. I mean, everything has been very subdued. Uh, was there an Ohio Bigfoot conference this year? It was, yeah. but it was very small. It wasn't uh, a big crowd, I believe. Um, events being canceled all over, not only uh, across the crypto side, but across the paranormal side, too. So, Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah. since, uh, I mean, as far as uh, up until about February or March, 2020 was great. <laughs> and you gotta understand then, yeah. yeah then after february or march everything downhill since i mean even if there are some conferences new york has very strict guidelines about travel outside the state yeah we have states that are in the red so if i come back from the state and somebody finds out i was out of state they could come down to me and say you have to quarantine for 14 days because you that's were out right. of state that's right yeah um and then at the end of it you get to take a covid test so big, big brother's watching yeah <laughs> So I'm just hoping that in April, uh, with the uh, whole Kentucky expedition there, which I'm going to be joining Charlie Raymond on, I just hope that, I, regardless, I'm going. By that time, we, we're, we're getting the vaccinations rolling. By that time, yeah, there should be some uh, some stuff going on. But um, but yeah, a lot. Of, um, I'm just trying to well, positive. How about Jason Weaver with the uh, with the commercial? With that, oh, uh, yeah. the brewing company commercial. I love that. Awesome. Yes. That was good. Awesome. And, um, yes, Ashley. Yep. There was no Bigfoot. Well, we call Bigfoot Festival this year. Hopefully next year. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and OT is in the house. So, um, welcome, OT. Welcome. Um, so, yeah. So, um, you know, there's there's just so many things. What what else did we do this year? Uh, we we talked again about uh, Bigfoot cold case. Yeah, um, that was we, good. we started doing that at the end of 2019, but it came up again very very recently in discussion. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, it was very very uh, nice to know that Ken Gerhard actually really it was a discussion in the facebook thread and ken gerhard came out and said you know what i i've heard steve's presentation he actually was there when i did it and yeah. he says you know it, it, it to me it's a done deal he sealed it <clears throat> which was nice uh that was a very great compliment and i uh, thank you ken um so i believe yeah. you got it too <laughs> yeah yep yep and, and, and there was one guy that wasn't and then i sent him the the copyright thing and he goes well i guess uh, wow he goes that's some really good detective work because i would have never found that because uh, it was predated their micro uh, it was predating their um their uh, electronic database of copyrights yeah so uh, i actually ended up getting the old micro fetch in a book basically that was uh, then it was like the 1977 edition of copyrights and patents. <laughs> and, and boom, there uh, it was. Uh, yeah, and I tell you what, if you hadn't used one of those viewers before, it's a it's a trip. I remember yeah. those back in the early 90s, and that, that was something to to go through and look at the screen, and yep. it, it's really cool. Yep. And then uh, you know we had some very interesting stuff with the uh, BFR thermal footage. Remember that? Yeah. That that was very that was a very interesting discussion. I'm not oh. I'm not necessarily convinced of that. You know, one of the one the, my favorite ones we did was Dyatlov Pass. I liked that show. Dyatlov really Pass, did. yeah, yep. Um, that was uh, you know we we kind of put the and, and and the cool thing about it is is I've noticed the community has kind of swung 
where a lot of the disinformation, and I didn't even have to say something. Uh, there was another person talking about Datloff Pass, and all of a sudden this person I didn't even know said, no, no, this is obviously one of the crew members, and you can tell by this and that. And I was like, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's what we want. We want people to think and figure this out on their own. Right. Uh, like stuff like that. Yeah, even well, if they it was to... because of that mockumentary they made, dude, the fake, yeah. the fake documentary. And they tried to play it off like, oh, they were attacked by Bigfoots or something, you know. And, man, I hate that, you know. As far as entertainment, yeah, it was entertaining. But I mean, Chris says he had his own conference with G.I. Joe's. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I think so too, Pat. Yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I agree. Um, finally, put to rest. I think uh, on that one. Yeah. Um, so that leads me to my next announcement for next week's show. This is going to be fun. One of the um, things, and if people want to talk about it tonight, we can talk a little bit about it tonight. But I'm not going to reveal what I believe is going to happen within the next few days because. It got shipped today, Chris. So okay. I'm hoping <laughs> the next two or three, we were really hoping because they said the delivery date will be between the 26th and the 30th. Yeah. And I was really hoping that we would have that book on the 26th. Um, but no. Um, so what we're going to be covering next week is the Miller Doc, as people yeah. have coined it. Yeah. The, uh, the, uh, was it A.H. Miller or something? Yep, H.A. Miller. H.A. Miller. H.A. Miller, yeah. I'm dyslexic tonight. Okay. <laughs> so, um, yep, the H.A. Miller doc, we're going to be doing the deep dive omnibus on that one next week. And um, I uh, actually was on a podcast last week, um, and uh, they, they had asked me about that. So I started digging some more, and all of a sudden something started screaming at me. And I said, well, let me try this. And I tried a few ways of getting information, which uh, any good uh, person on the web can do themselves. It was through no, no action of mine, uh, really, that uh, no, nothing, you know, basically privy to myself being a private investigator. Yeah. And all of a sudden, I'm like, what? Oh, this may blow this thing. Um, this may blow this thing wide open. And Pat's asking, is that the land between uh, land between the lakes thing? Um, first, Dave Parker. Hello, Dave. Good to see hey, you, brother. Dave. Welcome. Um, no. Um, actually, with with the H. A. Miller doc is this document that's been passed around since about 2012, 2013, 2014. Really started picking up steam in 2015. Um, in regards to apparently these two loggers who had. Recovered a Bigfoot body in 1962. Uh, one guy was named uh, allegedly named Lauren Statton, and the other guy I forget uh, I forget the, the other guy's name. We we will have the names for the deep dive. Yeah. Um, and what had happened was is they supposedly recovered the bodies. They were loggers, and that this doctor who uh, graduated in 1930 as a forester. Um, actually had uh, got a, gotten a medical degree 10 years later at, I think, Yale. Um, uh, I don't remember. <laughs> Yale. So he apparently examined the bodies and came up with this big scientific, you know. Oh, yeah. Uh, 
Well, yeah, yeah, the same the same guy. He supposed supposedly examined a lot of Bigfoot bodies. Supposedly, uh, there were a couple in Texas. Yep, RT. Yep, Doctor H. A. Miller. He he may have might have examined the bodies. Correct. Right. Correct. And the one that was on the under the tree that was from a lightning strike. I think wasn't it, Steve? Was this one from a lightning strike? Or, uh, I don't know. I think that one was of them. I think that was the one supposedly from Texas. Okay. Well, what, one of them was uh, the deal of a, a, uh, one was climbing a tree and the tree uh, lightning struck the tree or struck the creature <laughs> while it was holding the tree and then the tree fell on the creature. <laughs> what a way to go. Yeah. Yeah. That would be my luck. Yeah. Well, you know. Uh, of course, you know, that's got as much credibility as the rest of the stuff. So, oh, there's a question. No. <laughs> Steve, are you going to be featuring on Expedition Bigfoot's next season? Not that I'm aware of. I think they've already filmed it, so no, absolutely no. No. Um, what I am going to be featured in next year is uh, Small Town Monsters' release of uh, their second uh, Bigfoot video. Uh, they did a, uh, a search for I, 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 I'm sorry, I'm having a brain fart because we're going in so many directions. The small town monsters are their like uh, really cool documentaries. Yep. So, they did the Minerva there. Monster, the Beast, yep. uh, the the Creature of Whitehall. Yeah, uh, you know, just so many. Um, uh, the the uh, Boggy, uh, the Boggy Creek Monster. Um, that that was my favorite. Yep. Yeah, it was a good. Thank one. you. Well, well, you know what your next your favorite one's going to be, right, Chris? Is the one yeah. I'm going to yeah. be on next year when he throws That'll it be out my, there. My new favorite. <laughs> but, yeah, Seth Breedlove is doing a second one. So, um, Like the first time I had cashew chicken, my new favorite food. <laughs> <laughs> See, I like the chicken. I'm just not sure about the cashews. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. Uh, yep, uh, he did one on Chestnut Ridge. Yeah, um, yeah, that was good. Yep. Um, uh, the, the Momo one, too, the Missouri Monster. Yep, I the Momo. Um, he's done one about... Um, I think that was small town monsters. Yeah, I believe did one. It was. On, did one the the Mothman of uh, of Pleasantville, West Virginia. He did one on the Mothman. So he handles a whole bunch of cryptids. Um, Pat asked, "How in the heck did Expedition Bigfoot get a second season?" I don't know. Uh, I, 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 I. Well, they they got some video of something blurry, blurry. <laughs> of, of something blurry. <laughs> um. Yeah, who, who who knows? I I long time tried to figure. I, I quit trying to figure out what Hollywood d- does. Long time. And ago. the the female doctor, and I'm I'm sorry, but I cannot commit her her name to memory right now. Um, she has actually uh, discovered a a, a, species, a different species of lemur before. So mm-hmm. hey, she's uh she's pretty good, you know. I mean, she's not some hack they just picked up, you know, on the side of the road somewhere. Oh. She Here's knows the deal. Em and Chris asked if there's any Jan Clement updates. Well, we spoke a little bit earlier about that. That that's been kind of put to rest now. Yeah. Um, you know, it, you know, when you have uh, from the Library of Congress saying, you know, the the creature. My my personal experiences with Bigfoot, written by Jan Clement, a pseudonym of John Tomical. We can figure it was John Tomical that wrote it. Right. Yeah. Because it's a synonym. Otherwise, it would have been just Jan Clement. He was just yeah. a publisher, as he claimed. But according to the Library of Congress, the copyright he put in was he was writing, uh, Jan Clement was his pseudonym. Yeah. So, 
And it was a heck of a, he was a heck of a good writer. I mean, he took some, yeah. uh, some, uh, probably some true personal facts and life well, experiences he, and he was a science teacher mixed them up with some stuff that wasn't exactly so true. <laughs> and then there's so much there. There's so much, uh, you know, his own, uh, Amazon description, uh, even kind of, uh, if you were to describe the creature in a generic fashion, his own yeah. Amazon, uh, uh, writing because he's he wrote he also wrote fiction and he wrote science books and he wrote in his fiction books uh, the amazon description if, if you were just taking a generic description it would describe the creature to a t yeah you know he writes a uh, very thoughtful expos about deep thoughts uh in in kind of a mystical magical uh arena and um uh, they often in his books he has a sexual element Moo! <laughs> um, oh, well. Um, so, I mean, yeah. Um, I mean, it's not without comedy, you know. Uh, no, the no. the the book is worth the read, if only for the section with the the cow uh, affectionate. Yep. <laughs> oh my God, it's terrible. Hell, you know, I got but, a, you know, I got a Hoover for a heifer. But some of these, uh, yeah, some of these older stories that have been around a while, though. I mean, if you do a little investigation, a little background on them, like uh, the Fred Beck Ape Canyon thing, uh, you know, that's one that's been featured in a lot of these uh, films. Like, um, what was it, uh, Sasquatch: The Legend of Bigfoot? It's like yeah. a 1977 or something film. I loved that when I was a kid. I loved that, but it was featured in that film. And uh, when you start reading Fred Beck's book about other hey, stuff, yeah, and we will be talking about that film next week in the H.A. Miller deep dive. Okay, that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, some of the stuff that, that uh, uh, Fred wrote, Fred Beck, was like, uh, you know, it's kind of like otherworldly spiritual things. Like they found the claim by following the spirit arrow. <laughs> yeah. Okay, ladies you know. and gentlemen, Keith Worley is in the house. <laughs> Welcome. What's Keith. up, Keith? A great picture too. Love that. So again, the Merry whole family Christmas there, time. Christmas pictures. I love that. Yeah. Yep. Um. Yeah. So that uh, very very interesting uh, topics, but yeah, the the whole Clement thing is uh, has always interested me and when i you know i never had a copy of the book i've always heard about it so finally i bought a copy off of amazon like okay and then it just just you know with all these little clues in there i couldn't could not walk away without doing an investigation right I just couldn't do it and there's some other stories too like uh the land between the lakes massacre thing um that didn't happen <laughs> why was there something like that was that uh, the guy who was that the guy who got folded up in his truck no i don't i don't think that I was i haven't heard one. of this one yeah the, there was a, a story online it may not be available anymore but it, it became it made the rounds on talk you know years ago and uh, it was about a massacre that occurred at the land, lbl land between the lakes at a service station or something and campground all you name it it was like uh somebody had had written out a a poorly formatted horror story and hello uh, rod and welcome yeah, welcome, welcome rod. rod and they they reported it to be true you know 
And then, uh, you know, I thought, oh, well, 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 that's easy. We'll just check the police reports from the area and see what's going on, what kind of investigations were, were happening at that time. A little of the coals rubbed off on me. And uh, sure enough, I checked, and no, there were no murders. There no, oh, no, no grisly uh, bodily bodies being ripped apart. No, it was all fiction, every uh, bit of it. But, the, but it's still referred to as the LBL incident, I think. Uh, so if you see somebody uh, commenting about it, say, hey, did you check that out? Did you check for police reports? You know? Hey, wow, I didn't know it did that. <laughs> what I just did with the graphic. Oh, it got bigger. Well, well, new features. Bigger doesn't always mean better. Man, I got to get me a new picture. <laughs> My picture looks pretty rough. It's pretty realistic looking there. Can you give me one that's like doctored up? You know, like one. I want one of those pictures that's like doctored up. You know, like the women that take these selfies and then they uh, they put it in some sort of program and they like they like take ten pounds off and add uh, thicker lips and stuff. (laughs) Hang on, Chris. Facial facial hair or no facial hair? Uh, I don't. I think I had some there. Maybe. Do you want facial hair or don't you? Oh yeah, yeah, of course. Okay, yeah. all right. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna fix you up right now, live. I'm just gonna scribble uh, some on there. I'm gonna, I'm gonna fix you up right now. Don't you worry about it. Oh, sorry. Uh, let's see. Uh, oh, what am I gonna do here? Hang on. You guys are gonna love this. All right, here we go. Let's see. Um, all right, uh, we're almost done. Actually, this is how good I am. Uh, Great, man. <laughs> uh, let's see. Oh, there we are. All right. Let's see that over there. There we go. All right. Hang, hang on. Um, so, ladies and gentlemen, uh, forget about Chris Bennett. There he is. Oh, wow. Hey, look at Chris, that. you're looking good, man. man. You're looking <laughs> you're smooth looking, now, man. Yeah. <laughs> you're looking good. Are you sure that's not like a dating uh, profile pic? <laughs> I I don't know, but uh, I didn't. I, wait no, a minute. Man. Wait, where did I get a porn up? No. I, <laughs> no, no. Oh, man. Um, uh, geez. What the heck? <laughs> oh, well, we, we, we used the wrong graphic. We ruined it. But, but the big... Uh, <laughs> the, it was working. I saw, I saw it work. Everybody saw it work. Why okay. is there so much Yeti stuff going on? Well, I got an easy answer because yeah, there's too much COVID stuff going on here. Yeah. Uh, Dennis Martin. Pat, why don't you enlighten us? Give us a quick synopsis of Dennis Martin. I'll take a look at it real quick. Um. Oh, wait a minute. Was that the little boy that went missing and... Uh... Yes. Uh, oh, Smoky yeah, yeah. Mountains, I think right, so. right, 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 right. Dennis Martin was the kid that went missing in the Smoky Mountains. We'll put this back up. No, not him. There we go. Um, ah, there it was. Yeah. Um, Dennis Martin was the kid that went missing in the Smoky Mountains for three days and said that he had a friend. Uh, uh, he described, I believe, as a bear. Did he not? Uh, no, I think that's a different one. That's, a, that's not the one I was thinking of. The, the kid didn't come back. Oh no, no, this is uh, the kid. Might be a different one. This, he, oh wait, he wait, wait, be... wait, 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 wait
wait, wait, wait. This is a kid who did. Uh, all right. So the other one was in uh, the disappearance of Dennis Martin. Dennis Lloyd Martin, born January 20, 1962, is an American child who disappeared June 14th, 1969 in the Great Smoky National Park in Tennessee yeah. at the yeah. age of six. Yeah, that's the one. Uh, the search effort was the most extensive in the park's history, involving only approximately fourteen, uh, involving approximately fourteen hundred searchers in a in and a fifty-six square mile area. Yeah, uh, he was a resident of Knoxville, was visiting the Great Smoky Mountains National Park along with his father, grandfather, and older brother on Father's Day weekend in nineteen sixty-nine. The camping trip was a family tradition for the Martins. The family hiked from Candace Cove to Russell Field and camped overnight. The next day, they hiked to Spencefield near the Appalachian Trail, or Appalachian Trail, depending on where you come from, uh, where they had planned to spend the night. Martin disappeared on June 14th at 1630 hours while planning a surprise while planning on surprising the adults with his brother and other children from a separate family the Martins were camping with. He was last seen by his father going behind a bush to hide, mm-hmm. intending yeah. on to surprise the adults with the other children. Uh, after not seeing for about five minutes and all of the other children had returned to the campsite, his father became concerned and began searching for him. The father ran down the trail nearly two miles until he was not sure he could have gotten any farther. After several hours, they sought help from the National Park Service. The area where Martin disappeared is marked by steep slopes and ravines. Wild animals such as copperhead snakes, bears, feral hogs, and bobcats inhabit yeah. the area. A downpour broke out shortly after Martin's disappearance, dripping three inches of rain in a matter of hours. Yep. Uh, which was washed, which washed out trails and caused streams to flood. Temperatures on the night of June 14th dropped to nearly 50 degrees. Ooh. Um, Search efforts, including a separate search by National Guard and Special Forces, found no trace. Heavy rains during the first day's search hampered efforts. Heavy mist the next day. Um, Up to 1,400 people were involved with the search effort, potentially obscuring possible clues. Footprints were found in the area, but dismissed as being Martins and determined by park officials to have been left by a Boy Scout participating in the search. The child-sized footprints led to a stream where they disappeared. The tracks indicated that one foot was barefoot while the other was in an Oxford, the type of shoe Martin was wearing, or a tennis shoe. Retired park manager and author Dwight McCarter believes that the prints likely belonged to Martin as the tracks were not part of a group and none of the Boy Scouts were searching while barefoot. A shoe and a sock was also found. Um, by June 22nd, 50 squ- 56 square miles of ground had been covered. More than a thousand searchers continued to look until June 26th when the search was cut back. The search was abandoned on June 29th after a last search. The search was officially closed down on September 4th, 1969. As of 2020, it is still the largest search in the history of the Great Smoky Mountains. Um, so... David Paulides included that on that one of those missing 411s, yep. I believe. Okay. So, mm-hmm. or Polides, excuse me. <laughs> so, the, uh oh, our usual troublemakers have made it in. B? Hi, <laughs> B. And Mick. Hey, Mick. Welcome. So yeah. the there are three main theories that exist about what happened to Martin. 
The first is he became lost and perished from exposure or some other cause, likely during the first night. This is probable, the, the most probable theory according to park officials. The second, that he was attacked by a hungry bear or, less likely, a feral pig and carried off. The third is that he was abducted or taken out of the park by something or someone. His father was a proponent of the third theory. Mm-hmm. On the afternoon Martin disappeared, tourist Harold Key and his family heard an ena- enormous, sickening scream and shortly thereafter witnessed a hairy-looking man right. running up the trail with something slung over its shoulders. Yeah. Very interesting. Yeah. Park rangers and the Federal Bureau of Investigation concluded that there was insufficient evidence to link the sighting of Martin's di- link the sighting to Martin's disappearance, particularly given that key sighting was approximately five miles away from where Martin disappeared. Right. The sighting occurred a little while after Dennis was went missing. The family also added that the man running in the woods had something slumped over his shoulder, a highly visible red matching the color shirt Martin was wearing the day he went missing. Right. Very interesting. That was interesting, yes. So what do I think? Hmm, I don't know. But uh, when you have that second witness account, one cannot necessarily throw that one away. Yeah. You know, um, that was the thing. You know, it wasn't just uh, one person that saw it. And, you know, we know how primates have an affinity for other primates. Look at the child that fell into the gorilla pit and got dragged away. Right. And they ended up killing the gorilla, which was horrible. But yep. the gorilla, it wasn't that the gorilla was being aggressive, it was actually trying to protect the child. Yes. And that uh, was a very bad mistake they made by shooting that gorilla. That was the wrong thing to do. That gorilla was concerned for the safety of that child. He was not he was not trying to injure that child. If he wanted to, he could have ripped it limb from limb as soon as it fell in, you know. Yep. But he didn't do that. Yep. Very uh very bad. Very bad. Um Uh-oh, who will be the first guest of the new year? That's a good question. I don't know. We don't look that far forward. We really don't. <laughs> we really don't. Um, usually, I get a guest usually either a week or two before. Um, so, and next week we're doing the deep dive on the H. A. Miller doc. So yeah. I may have a guest pop on for that one too. So, um, but that yeah, that, that's a that's a damned interesting case. And I Miller. Is a good one, yeah. I'm actually going to save that one. So, yeah, I think that would be a very worthy missing 411. um, Well, at the area where they were in, at that location, it would have been, you know, as far as being a possible explanation, or likely explanation would be that he was nabbed by a black bear. That's Mm -hmm. very, very possible and very likely. But, you know, then you get the report. The people saw the hairy man carrying something over his shoulder that had that noticed that whatever it was was red. Yep. And then and Dennis missing has a, a red shirt on, or was it a shirt or a jacket? No, shirt. Uh, I it didn't really say. Well, it was red anyway. So, but that is a very interesting story, and I understand why Pilates picked it out because yes, it it, it does have that element of what the you know. A hairy man. Uh, I, I would like to uh, 
Yeah. Now I'm going to dig into that one. <laughs> yeah. And people go missing far more often than you would think in national parks and wilderness areas. And, uh, you know, a lot of it you can write off to, well, animal predation or because once we go in the woods, we're no longer the top of the food chain. Uh, we're just another meal on the plate for a grizzly or a black bear. Well, you and, know, my, my last ex-wife went missing every, every, every day where it's a happy hour. <laughs> but you always knew where to find her. <laughs> no, I didn't. That was, that was the most disconcerting. I didn't. Oh, my gosh. You know, it's, it's, a, it's a pretty bad thing when you're looking to buy a used car and you find her dressing it. <laughs> that rem reminds, to, uh, reminds me uh, to some of the old Rodney Danger no respect jokes. He said he hopped him in a cab at an airport and told the driver to take him to somewhere he can have a good time, and he took him to his house. <laughs> oh, man. So here, here's an interesting uh, thing. Pat said that he was a special needs kid. Ah, so, I didn't know this. I didn't so know. So I, I don't know if you yeah. know. Maybe somebody was saying something. Well, I, I, you know, special needs kid being left alone in the woods is even more dangerous. There are a lot of bad things, bad luck scenarios that happened at the same time. There, uh, the one right after he went missing, it rained, yeah. and that ruined any scent that any dogs would have been able to follow. So that that was the the number one bad thing that happened. Well, if they uh, use dogs, uh, there was no mention of being yeah. dogs being used. Um, yeah. Well, they they, it, they wouldn't actually, have. It's actually me, my understanding that that like bloodhounds can track through water, mm. um, and, well, ca and cadaver dogs can actually find bodies underwater. Yeah, yeah, but the only thing is, though, once it rains, uh, that takes away the scent trail. Uh, but now, if they're following a scent trail and like somebody crosses a creek trying to throw them off that doesn't work because right. uh, they can pick you up as soon as they get across the Creek. But now if it becomes a torrential downpour and washes the scent away, well, they're, they're just stuck. They can only smell the person, which if they're miles away, it'd be hard to do. And but, OT uh, make, makes a very good point here too. Mm -hmm. It's very, very normal for somebody to break down and this is all before cell phones. So this kid probably mm, was missing yeah. for hours before the actual boots on the ground yeah. actually started happening. Yeah, so. OT in the, in the Pacific Northwest, too, especially. They have a lot of freaking roads up there that are like logging roads mm -hmm. and that are not maintained by the state, but it's like a, a through fare. You know, if you want to get to this town, you got to go across this mountain through this gravel road. <laughs> and and uh, John Bush made a point, like the hunter in Brant Lake a few years back, there was an older gentleman, an older hunter that disappeared. Um, in fact, I, I've done some research near Brant Lake, um, and, uh, did a couple of desert expeditions in that area. And, you, you know, you get yourself turned around, you don't know where you are, uh, you know, especially like hunting season, well, you know, and then he did, I believe he disappeared during hunting season. Yeah. It's cold at night. So hypothermia is, and, and that's why I, I, I preach to everybody. And, and in fact, on that podcast the other night. I, I preached that, you know, people, what's it take to get to be in Bigfooting? You know, well, it's just, let's put the Bigfoot aside for a second. Let's talk about all the safety precautions you have to take. You got to go know, mm. you got to know your terrain. You got to know the animals that are in that terrain. You got to know, understand what sounds they make. You got to understand what, what sign they leave. You got to be prepared. So you always got to have an emergency blanket with you at all times. You got always got to have, and this is probably the easiest thing to carry is one of these. 
carry yeah. a lighter, a Zippo lighter with you. Yes. That is so important. You don't smoke, doesn't matter. Fill it, keep it, make sure it's operating when you go out in the woods. Why? Yeah. Heat, heat, heat. Yep. You know, good footwear, good clothing, emergency blanket. You will find that it's more difficult than you think to rub two sticks together and make a fire. Yeah. <laughs> it takes a lot of practice. Yeah. If you got the old Zippo handy, man, just pile up some little sticks, small sticks and some leaves, and there you go. Yep. Good to go. So, but, yep, yep. Dennis Martin Case did certainly did uh, change their how they did rescues. Yeah. Yep. But it is terrible the amount of people that go missing every year. Yep. And I haven't seen it this year yet, but I hope I don't. Uh, usually there's a report of somebody in California or one of the Western coastal states dies because they were looking for a Christmas tree and uh, they end up, you know, being found uh, a couple of hundred yards away from their car or something, but they got in the woods, they got turned around, yep. um, no lighter, <laughs> no fire. Yeah. And they end up freezing to death. Kind of reminds me of the uh, Christmas vacation when the Grizzles went to get their Christmas tree. Yeah. Daughter's like, I'm, I can't feel my legs anymore. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the thing. I mean, uh, you can get by without food for like a month. Uh, you know, if there's snow there, I mean, you can eat some snow and get some water, but you got to have heat, man. If it drops below, below zero, uh, it's just a matter of time for that body yep. temperature drops. And once that happens, yep. good night. Yep, absolutely. Um, what else? What else can <laughs> Look at Suzanne's comment. Does anyone sell a Bigfoot Zippo lighter? <laughs> um, well, there's your I'm great. Sure. Well, if not, there's a great idea, Suzanne. Yeah, there you are. Put your patent in now. Yes. Start Margaret. Start bringing them to shows. <laughs> you know, what you, do, what, what you do is you get one of those little laser engravers and put it mm -hmm. on there, and then sell them. You know, think about it. Ten bucks. Ten yeah. bucks for a regular one at Walmart. Get about five of them, engrave them, and sell them for twenty. <laughs> uh, somebody's gonna do that now, Steve. Oh, uh, exactly. And, and the same way too, Pat. I when I was twelve years old, I yeah. had a heat stroke in a pool because it was one hundred and twelve degrees out. Mm -hmm. So either way, you know, it doesn't take much. To upset that balance in, in the body temperature-wise. Yeah. You know. Yeah, and some, I, yeah. our species has become accustomed to the good things in life, like heat and air conditioning. And, and nice, bourbon. And bourbon. bourbon. Nice dry <laughs> shelter. Uh, you know, um, food anytime we want it. Yep. And uh, now you take us out in the woods and put us out there for a day or two and we're dead. Now, we've come a long way. The wrong way since the early days of the pioneers where these guys would head out through uncharted well, wilderness I, I, with a rifle you know, and axe. You, you say that, Chris. It's the wrong way. Yeah, we've come the wrong way. I don't think so. Mm. You know why? Why? <laughs> because our average age span has expanded. Well, we live You know, back in, back in the day when we were all connected to the, uh, the wilderness. Well, yeah. Because I'm from Texas. Now, um, when we were all connected to the wilderness, we, the average lifespan was about 55. Yeah, well, you know, that's because the people were waking up in the morning and eating a cup full of lard 
And then they're having a cup full of lard for lunch. Hey, Uncle Artie. Good to <laughs> say. Artie. Uncle Artie's bar and grill of stupidity. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. I like that. Well, we'll kind of hopefully we don't add to that bar of stupidity. <laughs> well, don't eat lard. Uh, it's definitely not good for the arteries. No, 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 no. Bar. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uncle bar. Artie's bar of stupidity. Not lard of stupidity. No, 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 no. I was talking about. Uh, one of the the good things that people should get out of the show is not to eat lard. Well, I would, I one would hope so. Yeah. I mean, I don't eat butter straight either. Yeah, yeah. But you know what? I, I used to watch as a kid. I'm getting off subject now. I'm sorry, folks. But when I was a kid, and that was a long time ago. Now, I used to watch my grandmother make biscuits, and she would had like this five gallon bucket of lard, and she would reach in there with her hand and get a big gob in her hand and then throw it down in the middle of some, uh, some, uh, um, flour and pour some milk in there and mush all that up. And oh my God, these are the best biscuits in the world. You have never had a better biscuit. Uh, of course, you know, my grandfather died when he was 59 from heart disease. Yeah. But, uh, that's probably well, why, well, but they here, were really good. Here is a, uh, a very interesting fact that, you know, most cakes, you know, frosting is made with lard. Oh yes, yes. Oh yeah, they use a uh, short name. Yeah, which is lard. It's the same With thing. Powdered sugar. Oh my god. So Can delicious. Can you imagine that? Ugh. Yeah, I certainly yeah. do. It's delicious. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, Pat makes a good tooth infection would kill you a hundred years ago. Yeah. Um, Still does. Still does. Um. <laughs> what about bacon grease? Oh, oh yeah, Keith, man, you got it. Bacon. Oh. That'll eat you up. And gravy. Okay, we all know after you fix your bacon in the morning, you got to put some some flour and a little milk in there in the pan and use the grease and make your, your gravy to go over the biscuits with lard. <laughs> Uncle Eric says you're more than invited, but Scotty has his own table waiting for him in the back of the bar next to a tub of flour. <laughs> <laughs> well, un Uncle Artie probably has not seen the Snapple commercial. Mm. And I think Probably it's I, I think it's only right that we do let's, the Snapple commercial. Let's do that one. Let's do that. Okay, hang on, folks. Here, here's our last run for this year of the Snapple commercial. Here it is. Are you Bigfooters thirsty out there? Well, I suggest to get a delicious, refreshing Snapple. Yes, even the most famous Bigfoot rush to the store to get themselves their favorite beverage, a delicious peach Snapple. No need to be cranky when you can just ask just keep it, your keep loved one right for a delicious beverage. Got it? Don't get me a Snapple. And don't be in such a hurry. There's plenty at the store. Diet peach snapple. Try delicious peach snapple. Don't get me a snapple. There we go. <laughs> God, I love the smoothness of this video thing, though. Uh, it works much better now. Yeah, really I, I don't have to touch mutes. I just boom right in. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that's the world famous snapple commercial. Um, it kills me when it's so dire tripping. When I started playing it, Uncle Artie said, don't scare me. Hey, we're Tusies. 
Hello, welcome. He ah, got a good laugh out of that. That's pretty good. Well, two C's. Um, oh, yeah, uh, the Sasquatch guy dressed like a Bigfoot plays the sax. I've been seeing a lot of those videos, too. But because it's been portrayed on, on his own channel on YouTube, I dare not, you know, play other people's videos yeah. too much. Uh, unless we really have a good, you know, uh, oh, snippet yes. of them. He's the Sasquatch. Oh, no, wait a minute. Sax Squatch. Right, the Sax Squatch. Yeah. Um, Pretty good. Yeah, really good. The uh, the other thing, too, is... For, <laughs> somebody does not like... Carmine. Oh, no. <laughs> I love it. Oh, no. We wouldn't want to do that. But um, uh, so good to have you, Uncle Artie. I hope you've subscribed because... Welcome. He is definitely a... Uh, a and same with you, Wattusis. Welcome. Um, you know, it's always good to see new faces in the uh, crowd here. And uh, like I said, we have the world's... As Chris says, we have the uh, world's... Uh, you know, best audience, really smart, really uh, oh, yeah. has a lot of good questions and a lot of good answers and I, a lot of good ideas. I am so, so. proud to have uh, intelligent individuals. I am I am honored to have you guys come yes. listen to, you know, the two bald guys every Sunday night to yap. Yep. Um, <laughs> so it, it's really fun. It comes out some good stuff to everybody. I mean, you know, every now and then you look over, there's a comment that pops up and like, Wow. I, I wasn't thinking about that, yeah. and then you know it starts. The conversation goes in a whole different direction. Yeah, thanks, yeah. thanks to our intelligent, well, lovely audience. Well, thanks to Pat Turner bringing up that whole yeah. uh, kidnapping there. I mean, I was not aware of the, the disappearance there. That yeah, that really, now I'm like, oh, another mystery to delve into. May not be this week because <sighs> next week's the deep dive on the H. A. Miller doc. And yeah. that's one of the ones that I really like as far as maybe possibly being yeah. uh, accredited to Bigfoot as a, as a, as a missing uh, uh, case. <laughs> I bet you I do. <laughs> <laughs> I think I know who it is, well, too. <laughs> I found out quite by accident in 2010 when I took my then five-year-old son with me to an area, which a research area, which was, I didn't know it was going to be a research area. Okay, it looked promising. Uh, Steve had picked it out on the map. And after some discussion back and forth, I decided, well, I'm going to go here and check. And so I was there on a nice family outing with my wife and my five-year-old son. And this was a couple of mile walk. Okay, so, you know, we got a kid who's, who's complaining and laughing and, and making all kinds of noises, yelling. He's having a heck of a time. In the meantime, I'm thinking there is no way if there was a creature anywhere within 10 miles that it would be near near enough for me to see. And so this is just totally wasted time, wasted day. Never bring a kid with me again, you know. And as it turned out, it was the exact opposite. It drew them in. And mm -hmm. it drew at least two, two in. And I told you that it would too. And it did. It did. And, uh, you know... After that day, uh, uh, I had noticed from the evidence I had collected, measly evidence, but that it had stood there and stared at my wife and son uh, for a few moments. And, you know, I don't know what it was thinking or what it was thinking about. And that kind of shook me a little bit. So from then on, the kids stayed home. <laughs> <laughs> yep. 
Well, and I yeah. ended up having a lot more sightings in that area, you right. know, but, uh, and, and the funny thing is, is, you know, I, I have come up with this little formula and it's a lot of it's intuition. And, um, really the first person I ever talked to about trying it was Chris mm. and look what happened. Um, not tooting my own horn. Um, it was just, I'll do it for you. It worked. Uh, it, it was hours of research and understanding behavior, primate behavior. Yeah. And when you understand primate behavior and you compare them to the sightings. Yeah. Went over what, some previous what, sightings in the map of the area, traced the area out. And Steve said, check this area here. And sure okay. enough. Yeah. You demand calls. Ah, thank thank you, Mick. <laughs> thank you, sir. Oh yeah. Yeah, that's another thing I created on the website was, was Squatch D University. And I think, you know, as we wind down the winter months, when winter really starts to hit, um, <laughs> when winter starts to really hit, a week and a half ago, I got three feet of snow. <laughs> or the 22nd, I got three feet of snow. And guess what? 90% of it's gone already. <laughs> well, um, you know, we got a light dusting on Christmas morning. I mean, just a little bit left on top of the car side view mirrors and stuff, and that's it. That's all we got. Well, so far, that's all we've had this year. So I'll be I'll be doing some new twirls to uh, the university and the, the whole website. So I also got to update the paranormal website as well. For uh, those who know, don't know, I do paranormal investigation as well, but I do that very quietly because um, that's a whole other reason why I do that. Not. Not like that. This is this to me is just this is my first and always pleasure to do this. Oh, but, uh, Pat, it's got a great question. Pat Turner, fire away. So, um, serious question: whoop. what game? What game changing? What game changing tactic can be brought into the Bigfoot search in twenty twenty one? Ooh, um, I know what I like. Go ahead, Steve. <laughs> Study your sightings. What are they doing? Yeah. Okay. So uh, this has always been my formula 101, and it works. Look for the ones where they're aggressive. Look for the ones where they are aggressive. That is their territory. And then find yourself an area, perhaps maybe a few hundred yards out of that area. And then plant yourself. And act normal. But be aware. Remain aware. Be aware. Act normal. Laugh. Cordial. Do whatever you need to do. Have some antics. Because we are their television. Primates need are, are curious. They're natural curious things. I've always said that something goes boom oh, yeah. out the window. Like that meteor we had this year on the podcast. That <laughs> happened this year too. We had yeah, a meteor. Yeah. Meteor oh, explode man. over the headquarters. What the oh. Oh, you should have pulled a video on that one. Steve. Yeah, that, yeah, was yeah. A, that was a good moment to remember yeah. there. Got on TV We're too. The, the podcast. the house just shook. What happened? <laughs> yeah, the the podcast actually made the local news. Yeah, yeah. You guys were famous. You were on the local news. Um. Uh, but if you understand how primates habitate, if you understand, um how they react um you will find yourself you will find yourself having them come to you like chris did 
you know, and you just got to look at the maps, look at your sightings, know your sightings on the map. Yep. So it's, it's twofold. The first thing is understand what these uh, creatures can do. And, um, to understand where the sightings are and where are the aggressive ones and look how they, they fall on the map. Um, in 2011, and I'll, I'm going to ask, uh, OT has a good question. I'm going to, uh, yeah, in 2011, um, I had developed this idea. It was a year actually before I did my book. Uh, what would Sasquatch do? Which is available on Amazon. If anybody's interested or if I'm at a show, I usually have a bunch of copies which can be purchased cheaper than Amazon and autographed. Not that I'm tooting my own horn. Time for a shameless plug, I suppose. <laughs> um, it's your show. <laughs> <laughs> it's my show. I <clears throat> so... In 2011, I, I, I did this presentation, and I explained it that, you know, I'm not knocking the BFRO, but we classify Bigfoot sightings like UFOs. And think about it, UFOs. Close encounter of the first kind is what? Chris, you remember any ufology stuff? Nope. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, Close another... encounter an unidentified, unidentified object in the sky. Another known fact is my brother, who was a police officer, was an investigator for the Aerial Phenomenon Research Organization, and he investigated UFO sightings. Right. I actually became a UFO investigator uh, for that organization yep. as well for about two years, and then they went out. Yep. But um, Close Encounter First Kind is a visual sighting. Yep. Well, in the Bigfoot world, we call that a Class A sighting. Okay. Okay. Um, Close encounter of the second kind in the UFO field is, oh, that's a uh, sighting with some physical evidence left behind. Maybe a yeah. burn, maybe some. Close encounter of the third kind is in the ufology world is oh. uh, contact with it or seeing an alien. Yeah. Uh, close encounter of the fourth kind is contact with the alien. And they, now they have the fifth, which is the contactee. The fourth and fifth were added years after yeah. Jay uh, Allen Hynek had died. Um. I think that, you know, we uh, classify UFO, Bigfoot like UFOs. Well, class A is seeing one. Class B is, you know, hearing one. And the class C is like footprints left behind. Or, and that's all wrong. That's not telling you that. That's not giving us any insight. You know, when we look at a... When we look at a UFO sighting, it's a complete, it's apples and oranges. You're not going to grab a UFO and bring it in. You're not going to, you know, be able to get physical evidence off a UFO unless they want you to do it. Yeah. Um, I think, but uh, observed behavior should be a part of it too. Right. So what I proposed was is that you have, you know, these three different ways, main reasons that that primates habitate or they they move around. You have their home ranges, which is the areas they travel on a daily basis. Chimpanzees themselves will travel 20, 20 miles a day just walking around. Uh, then you have what they call focus area, um, focus or focal areas. Yeah. And that's areas where they do activities. They may eat, they may mate, they may play, they may take naps, whatever. That area, um, and then we have their... Uh, their actual territory <coughs> and each one of these different areas has their own unique behavior sets 
Mm-hmm. And the funny thing is, is you can look across this with humans, with chimpanzees, with macaques. It doesn't matter. It's primate behavior. So if it's more hominin, kind of like us, it's still going to have the same patterns. Yep. If it's more like a, a gorilla or pongid, it will have the same patterns like us. So it, it doesn't matter. That's why you look at the classification and you can take it as far as primate and that's where it stops. Because after that break with primate, you don't know where the branch goes. So that's that was the whole thesis of my research at that point for like 13 years, 14 years, was this behavior thing. And the reason why I picked up on it was because I'm, I'm a forensic interviewer and a lot of that psychology, why people, I'm, I'm very big into criminal psychology, why people do they, what they do, why they act the way they act, stuff like that. So it, it, when, I, when I revealed and I looked at all these, and uh, a real good book to read. Now, I, uh, the real book I read, I can't remember, was written by a French scientist, French primatologist. It wasn't a very thick book. Uh, it had a brown cover, and I remember I had it written down somewhere, but in my many moves since, you know, 2010, uh, that, that, that information is gone. But I do remember one of the greatest books I've ever read was Jane Goodall, Chimps of the Mugambi. And that will show you great insight how smart chimpanzees are. And if these things are even closer to us, that means they're going to be smarter than the chimpanzee. Um, very, very interesting stuff. Um, abstract thought, all that stuff. Um, and we're going to get to some of those comments in a second, but, um, so to me, uh, Diane Fossey, gorillas of the in the mist. Excellent book. Read that too. Yeah. The more you understand about different primates, the more you will understand about behaviors of us and Sasquatch and, and, uh, that I never realized that, you know, that, wow, we, we do live the same ways they do in, in a way. Yeah, we, we create homes and stuff because we're more advanced, but boy, our patterns sure are the same way. Yeah, once you figure uh, out what their patterns are, it's easier to locate mm-hmm. them. At least Absolutely. you can go in with, of course, I, I still think it's going to be a, just a random random chance for a sighting, but if, if you can locate them, the area where you think they're going to be in and doing certain activities certain times of the day, you know, you've got a heck of a lot better chance of seeing one then. It's in a not a bad idea. Not a bad Get idea. Get some see-through yeah. mesh material and what was it? Then have gifting. Yeah, not not a bad idea. Yeah, um, it's always but you got to do it in an area where they're prevalent, yeah. um, where there's a lot of sightings. Um, if you're going to leave it, um, and, and Pat says for whatever reason we are out we are outclassed in their environment. Let me ask you, and yeah. let me put this out to everybody. Um. We have animals that are way beneath the food chain than us. But nobody here is going to be able to run down a deer and capture it and kill it. Ain't going to happen. So we have a deer, an ungulate. Now imagine a primate in their large brain and their abstract thought and their forward thinking. You think for one second we're going to be able to chase that down? No. Autumn Williams made a great, um, great comment to me in, in our many discussions many years ago. You got to make them feel like they're in control. So you're not going to trap one. You're not going to surround one. You're not going to aggressively chase one. That was my earlier thoughts when I first got into this. 
what it is is, yes, we're dressed in camo. That's not because we're trying to sneak up on them. That's because we need to hide ourselves from other things like bad animals or even worse, bad people. Um, so when you go, when you do this, you need to bring them in. So you need to set up uh, technological devices. You need to be aware. And people say, well, where's your evidence? Well, I've gotten uh, on my old channel, I had sounds galore when we weren't even in camp. That's when activity would peak up. And some of the behavioral things I've seen of a Sasquatch, which a lot of times I talk about, but a lot of people, some people don't catch it. Um, I could tell you a whole thing about how they behave and how playful they can be, how stubborn they can be, or how nasty they can be. I, I've seen a, a, a couple of different, or had experiences with a few different types. I believe to have a few different types. I have had a couple of sightings, but I've had a, couple, a few real close encounters. And for people who get worried about, um, like your experience, Chris, you got worried about, you know, this kind of creeped me out. I was wondering, what's it going to do next? Yeah. In actuality, what they're thinking is, what are you going to do next? Yeah. Because no matter how you shape it, we are still the apex predator on this planet. And they understand that. That's why they avoid us. People can understand that. Yeah. Took me a while to understand that too. So, And if you have a doubt that, uh, that we do not have the skills to determine when, when we're being watched, uh, if you're in the field and uh, you see a Bigfoot or it sees you, you're going to have some feelings that you've never had yeah. before. They're there. I mean, uh, they're they're encoded in our DNA. You're going to get like a something's watching me, you know, or what's going on. Uh, it happens. Yep. But uh, uh, back to the the 2021 thing. I, I hope and I pray. This is what my personal hope is that these eDNA places will come up with a test kit that where you can put some matter that you found, like uh, stuff from mm -hmm. a footprint in a little baggie or whatever and send it to them and they can run the DNA and, and do analysis of what's in that sample. Uh, that would be a useful tool, man, if they could. And I would pay a hundred bucks for that, you know, or 150. Yeah. And uncle uh, Artie said, then hide and wait. Uh, I would rather not hide and wait. Uh, <laughs> I would wait far away. See, that's why uh, I've always let the, the base camp is here to, to get their attention and all the stuff you want to work is in somewhere in between. So, they're yeah. coming into your area on, you know, like I said, subterfuge. If you're sitting there waiting and trying to watch it, it's never going to happen because right. if they spot you in that, you know, they are smart enough to understand that if you're acting normal, you're acting normal. But yeah. if you're acting all of a sudden all kinds of shifty or trying to hide yourself or trying uh, obvious subterfuge type of things, they're smart enough to pick up on that and go, hey, yeah. uh, there's something wrong here. I'm going to check on something. I'll be right back. Just yep. one minute. So I'm going to go over some comments real quick uh, while Chris is. Um, uh, I think the number one, I agree, Mick. Uh, the number one game changer is just simply act normal. I've had some experience, uh, some really wild. When we go walking down on patrols and, you know, when we do patrols, we don't act quietly. And by the way, hello to Ron Bowles. I saw you popped in, sir. Uh, Happy New Year. Merry Christmas. Um, but, yeah, just act, act normally. That's That's what you need to do. Uh, don't try to push your way. Again, agreed. See, mm. everybody, it seems like these guys have listened to me long enough or found out on their own. Um, these are all the things I preached uh, now, and I have since 2011. 
And being out, like I said, being outclassed, I always bring out that whole, you know, people saying, oh, well, they cloak or they wormhole or anything like that. Bring yep. out the deer. Let's bring the deer back out again. Okay, run across the road. He jumps into the, the gully and starts running off, and you can't see him. You can see some flutter of stuff moving, but you can't see him. Yeah. Gone. And he doesn't cloak. He doesn't, he's not a super intelligent being. He's an ungulate. Um, most of the time when they are aggressive, it's the juvenile males and you're too close to a female dependent child. Well, guess what? That's probably mm. their territory. Mm-hmm. 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 Yep. Uh, so, or uh, it could be a focus area. Um, and that's the thing. In their territories, they can be very aggressive or aggressive acting. In their home ranging areas, they can be very uh, brush offish. Like they see you and they just keep on, they look at you quick and they keep on walking and they may stop, watch, and they may stop and watch you in your, your neck of the woods. But in foci areas, and I, I say this about foci areas, it depends on what the activity is. If they have a lot of young, they may get a little persnickety. If they are mating, they might get persnickety. If they're eating, they may walk off. But you think about it in human style, we have foci activities too. We have malls, and we have schools, and we have movie theaters, and we have places we work. And depending on where it is, it depends on our level of how much trust we have for people. For example, a school. A stranger walks into a school, the school goes in lockdown. Hmm. Um, but, it, well, ex- well, well, Mick, I agree with that, but I think that's what we did. Uh, maybe that's probably kind of misunderstood that what I was saying is we don't need to do that. I agree 100%. That's why I think citing, you know, when we classify sightings, they should be on behavior, not on what people, you know, Oh, they saw it. Yeah. You know, um, you know, that it's like our, our, our rating system, I think was modeled after the UFO thing. Oh, we got class a class B. Yeah. You know, you know, and that that was my comparison. We shouldn't be doing that. I agree. And I think that's what's been done. Um, oh, and uh, there's Suzanne. She she read my my book, I guess. The the last one I wrote, the Sasquatch Playbook. Yep. Well, what Sasquatch do is a good one. Yep. And the the playbook was written basically to take all these big stories and let's just throw a little bit of shade of doubt in them let's look at the the pros and cons mm-hmm. without really uh um yeah don't shoot whatever you do you want to end a, a, a you want to end a sasquatch uh sighting start shaking a flashlight around or start yeah. um shooting off a gun um, well I, I took a guy into one of the areas that that uh, i used to frequent i don't so often now because of health, <laughs> health issues but, I think Class A sighting would be the winning Powerball or Mega Millions. Just my opinion. Well, yeah, I've had two of them. Yeah, it's uh, it can happen. It depends. You increase your odds by doing a little research. Find out uh, where where the best possible place for them to be when you're mm-hmm. there. But uh, you know, I, I had a guy that went out with me Uh-oh. before. Mick says oh, yeah. that, that I disagree. I guarantee that a Sasquatch will be drawn by X's eating loaf. That's the one I got. <laughs> that's the one I was chuckling about a while ago with a mixed uh, wife's meatloaf comment. Yep. But I had a guy that went with me, and he was a firm skeptic, and that's fine. That's great. I, I advise everybody be skeptical until you see one yourself. You well, know, you Suzanne, have- Suzanne. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, um, uh, I can't autograph the books that are. in Amazon stock, but I'll tell you what, 
If you go into Kentucky in April, I'll sign it for you. So bring your books, Suzanne. I'll sign it for you. But uh, this one guy, I asked him, I said, it just, it's just so happened, you know, if just by chance we do have a sighting, you know, what are your intentions? And uh, I said, because he said, well, what are you going to do? I said, well, I'm going to stand here. And what I do is just look around and act like I don't even see them. I don't even know they're there. I just look around. And then every now and then I'll glance over, take a few notes on behavior and look around and, uh, you know, act like they're not even there. You missed it completely. They're hiding. They're doing their job. Yeah. And he said, well, I'm going to go. I'm going to run towards it. I said, oh, man, don't do that. <laughs> don't don't do that. Uh, you're going to force a reaction. Uh, you know, I don't know whether it'd be good or bad. It may run away. Then again, it may grin its teeth and grab you and pull your arms off. I, I think it's the latter in most cases, I, but yeah. But just like because one thing I found in all my research that primates of one species do not like harming the species of another. Yeah, and we always have to keep that in mind. There are different species of macaque that travel by each other, and they get a little persnickety with one another. They'll 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 you know chatter <laughs> and, and, and throw things, but they don't fight. Well, but yeah, but, but you get mac, but you get macaques of the same species. Boom! Now this is all scientifically proven. The thing is, once in a while, once in a while, and it's a cultural difference. Yeah. Is that you know? Let me go back to us. For example, we, um, we don't. Uh, thank you, Suzanne. <laughs> um, uh, well, Ron, I'm getting into that. Um, like I said. We don't, we see a, a dead monkey or a dead gorilla on TV, we get heartbroken. But not all chimpanzees are friendly to other primates. Mm. Yes. There's a cultural difference. Yeah. That's why it's learned behavior. Like you have the, the, the chimpanzees that will use the sticks to eat ants, but you'll have other areas where they don't. You'll have areas where chimps will attack other primates, smaller primates for food. Smaller monkeys, yeah. Right? Whereas most of them you don't. It's actually right. a cultural aberration. But don't we have our own homo sapiens, us, that also do kill monkeys, poach gorillas, and yep. stuff like that? Push me. Right? Yep. So that's why I'm saying, depending on where you are, you need to always use proper caution. Yeah, and then Robin's got a good point. Robin Rose, then again, chimps have been known to harm humans. That's right. Don't make a chimp mad. He'll eat your face. Yeah, well, they go after the face and your private parts. So double bad. Yep, and, and Robin Rose, our good, my good friend Robin Rose made a comment. Then again, chimps have been known to harm humans. Absolutely. I had um, a good relationship with the chimps at Alamogordo. But I think most of them had were addicted to cigarettes, though, because they all like to smoke. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Give them a smoke, you know. Oh, yeah. The chimps like to smoke, huh? Yeah, they like to smoke. They sure did. You have to light it for them. You know, you couldn't throw them your lighter because you'd never get it back. So <laughs> you just light light a cigarette. But I I, I bet you they could there. figure I bet you they could figure out how to light the lighter. Yeah, I'm sure they could. They could probably. But then they would have then they would have probably fire. burned down the entire facility. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um. Just because, okay, cool. oh, we know this is wrong, but yeah, we're chimps. We can do whatever uh, the hell we want. Um, the good old days, man. 
them. Yeah, and, and you know, uh, and and you're right, you know. But then again, like I said, this is, Ron um, cannibalism is not uncommon with chimps. Like I said, primates of one species do not normally harm primates of other yeah. species, with the exception of cultural differences. And welcome, Ron. But, pri but primates <laughs> of one species will definitely attack and kill and do whatever to primates of their own species. As chimps have proven, as macaques have proven, as orangutans have proven, and as okay. humans have, have Let's proven. look at it this way. We are what is considered advanced primates. And as you well know, we will kill anything. Uh, sometimes we just kill, kill something for sport. Uh, it's not a matter of survival. Uh, so why wouldn't another advanced private primate maybe exhibit some of those same behaviors you know of course they would have have motivations <clears throat> maybe they're hungry yeah i would well, hate to be big with dinner yeah i mean there are some some rare instances well i don't know if it's rare because i don't live in africa you know, well, um, see, that was the thing. There, I think it was Nat Geo did a special on chimps, and uh, you know they had been talking about their diet. Oh yeah, they mainly consist of vegetation and stuff. And then they, by sheer surprise and shock, they found these chimps hunting these other monkeys and killing them. And they're like, yeah. "Oh my God, are we really filming this?" You know? Yeah, they're just doing uh, that for for fun. New um, behavior, yeah. Previously unknown behavior. <laughs> my ex threatened to go all chimp on me if I went out squatching so much of the original bar. <laughs> but oh, man. Uh, I like Uncle Artie. He's got it. Okay, so here we are. I wonder if Sasquatch realized that when we don't acknowledge their presence that we're just gaming them. Um, I don't know. I, I would have to say, I would have to say that the one I had seen that I had the light on was really trying to figure it out. If I if I had seen it or not, and it was having a hard time probably seeing me because I was shining a light on it, and all it could see is this big bright light. It, but it, it wasn't until I moved that flashlight and shook it, yeah, that it decided to walk off. Like okay, it's moving. I'm getting out of here. Gone. It was um, my it was my experience that if you don't acknowledge you see them, your sighting will last longer. Absolutely. That's what I did. I froze. And, yeah. and you know, I was like, I, I'm not saying nothing. I'm not making a noise. I'm not screaming. I'm yeah. not panicking. I'm just going to sit here and watch. Yeah. And then after, you know, a period of time, I'm like, okay, I've had enough of this. And let's see what happens. These dudes can disappear. It's like in that movie, Harry and the Hendersons, man. At the end of the show, you know, there are you, they, you finally see all the Bigfoot move that were in the background and you never saw them, never noticed them before. Mm -hmm. uh, these dudes can like walk up in a, next to a tree and stand next to the tree and put its arm around it, and lean over and it's gone. Yeah. You don't see it. You don't see it. Definitely. Nothing to do with wormholes. Nothing to do with aliens. No, yeah. no, they're just, you know, they blend in very well. So, um, just trying to see if there's any other questions. Uh, you know, and there's a conversation between uncle Artie and Nick too, about, you know, seeing orbs in the woods, and the neither one believe that has anything to do with Bigfoot. And understand that a yeah. lot of places that we tromp has 
Um, being a paranormal investigator, I have to be aware of that. Some of the other areas that we tromp through are very old, very traveled in some places. Yep. And that there may be some spiritual elements left to there. And I know that's not scientific at all. That's very strange no. for me to say. But the paranormal <laughs> is a completely different thing. So Yeah. That, that's the thing. One of my uh, things from years ago uh, was uh, petrology and oil and gas. <laughs> and uh, that's that's one of the, the scientific theories that I had that it's just balls of gas. Oh. Yep. You know, a little radioactivity thrown in there from areas that have like uh, radon, natu- natural radium, yeah, natural radium, uranium deposits. But uh, yeah, it's been a very. Uh, I think tonight we're gonna we're gonna go at ten thirty tonight, Chris. Yeah, that's probably good, yeah. man. Because um, we've, I think I've spent enough time talking about we spent enough time talking about twenty twenty anyway. But you know, the conversation. With the audience is great, man. I love you guys. This is this is great. Brought up a lot. I love that the fact is is that we never know where the conversation is going. We let you guys kind of steer the conversation sometimes. Yep. Not always, but sometimes. Uh, You know, when we have guests on, then we try to like to next week we're doing the H. A. Miller deep dive again. Um, uh, the Doctor H. A. Miller deep dive. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Uh, there's a lot of good stuff going to come out next show. Yeah, yeah, we're gonna. It's gonna be, it's gonna be another one of those presentation nights. So it'll be on topic there, and when we have a guest, usually it's on the topic of the guest, and then then we let the audience steer their guests where they want to go. Yeah, and that's always been our formula Uh, with this new format that we've been on now for. God, uh, when did we come on this thing? Twenty nineteen. Uh, yeah, I think it was something like that, mid twenty nineteen, something yeah. like that. So we've been on the format now a year and a half, and since cobwebs, then, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, the format we have here is beautiful because we let the the audience take the conversation, and uh, we we can do that because we get. Unfortunately for our folks on Twitter, uh, it doesn't transpose over here. But anybody on Facebook and YouTube, absolutely. And I don't yeah. know if our super emojis are up, but that's a whole other thing. We'll be talking about that. Um, we're just trying to expand our show base here and make it a better show every day. So, and next year, 2021, uh, I have plans for this show. So, if we can make this uh, a much better show by the end of next year, we'll be much happier. I mean, we had a great growth this year. Um, uh <laughs> Well, Uncle Artie, you're going to have to email me or yep. call me if you know me, because I think I know who Uncle Artie is. <laughs> um, that might be fun. Oh, it'll be a blast. Mm. <laughs> if it's who I think it is, it'll be a blast. Um, but uh, uh, I got to say, uh, what we want to do next year for the show is 10 times more than we've done this year. And, and as I can see, even like the end of the year with this new video format where we just... It makes the show go so much smoother, so I'm really excited. Um, and folks, uh, we're getting close to the end here. Um, even if we run at 10:35, I just want to wish everybody, from the bottom of my heart, you know, Merry Christmas to y'all and Happy New Year. Um, I said earlier, roses are red, violets are blue. 2020 sucked. So <laughs> take, yeah, you know, it was just. 
I, I don't know. It was just uh, a hell of a year um, between this COVID thing. And yep. we lost a lot of people this year to COVID. Yep. Um, you know, I see some researchers uh, that have gotten COVID and have now it's on their Facebook pages. Luckily, I've been healthy. Yeah. Not quite. I've got some other things going on, but they're, hand, they're easy to handle. Uh, I don't know if I caught COVID, if I would beat it off um, or die. You just don't know. I don't know how it's going to affect your system. So, um, you know, for what it's worth, I'm glad you're all here. And I'm glad you're all in health. And I hope and pray for your families to be in good health in the year coming year. And uh, yep. like I said. And uh, when the vaccine becomes available enough that people like me can take it, I'm going to take it. I may turn into a werewolf, but. Uh... Yeah, well, you know, <laughs> uh, and, and I, know, I, I have a family member who took the vaccine already. Oh, cool. And uh, she did experience a little bit of some fever, body aches, and chills, and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, but it was very short-lived, lasted about 24 hours, and it was done. And then she's got to go through it again. She got the Pfizer shot, so she's going to have to go through and get it again. Oh, man. A uh, second one. But uh, I'd rather have a one-and-done kind of deal. But, you know, hey, it, it, it keeps you alive. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's worth it. Yeah, I think... Uh, 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 Moderna has the two-shot one, and I think Johnson mm-hmm. & Johnson, who's in the final stages for approval, that's the one-shot deal. Yeah. So, um, I'll be glad of it. I'll be glad 2021 when everything gets back to normal. The first of 2021 is going to probably still suck for a little bit. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, yeah we, we're still not out of the woods yet. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, jeez. Oh, my goodness. I think he definitely knows who I am, but my assistant manager, Naughty Knickerknockers, is not allowed on stage or near the change machine. <laughs> okay. Maybe that's inside, I think. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> yeah. And Uncle Arnie just had back surgery, so he's worried about the shots and the side effect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you're going to feel like you have the flu for a day or two, I suppose. That's probably what yeah. it is. Um, but it's nothing that's going to hospitalize you. It's just you're going to feel like shit. And unfortunate, that's unfortunate. But if that's what gets us through, everybody sucking it up and uh, just doing what they got to do. And again, social distance. Yep. Wear a mask. Wear the, wear the mask. Wear the mask. I mean, if you know the people that come over and you know they're healthy, I, yeah, I understand that all. Uh, but when you go out to the stores, be careful, folks, because you don't know who's out there. You got some some knucklehead that's not, you know, that's doesn't wash their hands all day long or, or use any, um, uh, you know, alcohol substances. Um, you know, people, hand, some hand, people hand don't wear a mask. You know, when they're in the stores, they don't wear a mask, even well, though the stores in, require. In, in New York, it's mandatory. It's mandatory in Kentucky if you're in a store to wear a mask, but I see people without them around here. And although, you know, I wear my mask, even though I really hate it. I cannot breathe in that stupid thing. But, okay, I do it to protect the other guy. It's not so much going to protect me. Uh, It's just kind of protect the other guy from him sniffing any of my vapors or whatever, you know, with COVIDs in them, if I got it. But I see people walk around without a mask, and every now and then, you know, I, I have a little mean streak in me. Uh, when I walk near them or they walk near me, I will like pull the corner of my mask over 
and go, <coughs> <laughs> and then I'll pull the mask back over. Yeah. And uh, I don't know if they have a mask on next time or not, but I made them think about it. Yeah. Well, you know, you know, the thing is, is that you can show your fellow man no more respect than wearing a mask. That's true. It's yeah. all about protecting the other guy. Right. Not about protecting me. It's about protecting yeah. the other guy. Yeah. Um, if everybody had that opinion, I think we'd be in. Uh... <laughs> all those people. Uncle Artie said, oh, have all the people in Brooklyn should be made to wear a full size mask, full size mask uh, all year round. So, oh, and, 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 and Suzanne saw that, heard that, and she. <laughs> oh, well, thank you, Suzanne. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's. it's uh... Our. Um, our big thing is if we, we take a stroll in the mall and we see somebody that's not wearing a mask. We do the... <coughs> <laughs> and then I just get like... Yeah. I remember when it first came out, we were kind of joking around like, yeah, yeah, God, I haven't felt good since I got back from my trip to China. <laughs> <laughs> that's terrible. But, you yeah, know, I, 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 I have a mean streak about some things. And when I see somebody being... It's a little... Uh, inconsiderate for them not to wear one, and you know I, I do have a tendency to pull the mask off one side and cough when they're near me, and then put it back on. Uh, of course, I, I don't I, have COVID. I, I have I have another weapon. Hmm. What's that? It makes people want to put masks on year round. <laughs> <laughs> now you can figure that one out. That's oh. my secret weapon. Yeah. Well, we won't talk about that one. <laughs> <laughs> But um, there I am crop dusting the place again. <laughs> so, oh, man. So anyway, uh, again, uh, Merry Christmas and Happy New Year to everybody. And uh, next year is going to, you know, it's going to be a good year. We got to keep optimistic, got to keep positive. Ron said, oh, I just hope it's a better year. I hope it's a kick-ass year. Let's mm, get past yeah. this BS. Yeah. And by next year this time. Masks will be a thing of the past, let's hope. Yep. So, uh, Chris, any final words? I Well, I'd like to thank everybody for uh, coming in here tonight and uh, and conversing with us a little bit. We appreciate having all the listeners in and uh, appreciate having you. Uh, if it's the first time uh, watching on YouTube, please, you know, hit like, share, subscribe, uh, uh, ring the bell. Uh, help us out, you know, hmm. uh, helps the channel. And, uh, oh, Fart. <laughs> what are, yeah. Farts don't carry COVID. No, but they do smell awful. And, and I also want to wish, wish everybody a, a belated Merry Christmas and, and Happy Hanukkah and uh, a Happy Kwanzaa. Uh, whatever your uh, happy holiday is, you know, so happy. Yes, but you know what? The mask does help against it burning your nose hairs yeah. out of your nose. Yeah, and sometimes even your eyelashes, depending on the angle of your head. So, uh, obviously, Ron hasn't been around me after Brussels sprout night. <laughs> Before COVID, people would go like this. <laughs> so. Oh, man. <laughs> so, anyway, just a little, you know, um, hell. I've been accused of making water curdle. Uh, anyway, <laughs> oh, oh, let's not end. Let's not end the year end show with that one. No, oh, oh. let's not. But anyway, um, everybody, <laughs> this conversation has gone to crap. Um, yeah. 
But anyway, uh, I want to wish everybody uh, a Merry Christmas again and Happy New Year and whatever your faith, religion, whatever it is, you know, at least in spirit Christmas, uh, you don't have to believe, but uh, Christmas is also a spiritual thing. So, yeah. uh, you know, it's a holiday time. Like I say, I hope you guys can spend some time with your family. If you can't, next year this time you will be. And, you know, let's make keep everybody healthy and hopefully yeah. everybody will be around next year. Um, so um, I have no New Year's resolutions at all except uh, medical stuff that I got to get done. And uh, making this channel better and uh, some other stuff going on. And making this channel better all ties into research, too. So it's all one ball of wax. So anyway, uh, on behalf of me and Chris, everybody, we'll catch you next year. One week from today, which I believe will be January. God, January. January 3rd, 2021. Wow. We kicked the big effing zero off this year. And stick a one there. 2021. <laughs> I'd like to stick 2020 really where the sun don't shine. But anyway, uh, folks, on behalf of me again, everybody, keep safe. Keep well. Keep healthy. Keep on squatching. We'll catch you all here next week, 9 p.m. Eastern, for the H.A. Miller Deep Dive. <laughs>